Welcome to Fireside Nets, your number one podcast for everything Brooklyn Nets news, information, reactions, and so much more. I'm your host, Spen Harris, a.k.a. Spenny in the Nets, and we are joined once again by senior writer for the New York Daily News and our very own monthly Nets, Nets insider, C.J. Holmes. C.J., what's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, got some family coming to town tomorrow. Nets are finally back in town. Big games this weekend. Oh yeah. I mean, it's I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say that these next two games could, you know, spell this team's fate, but I guess we'll see how it all plays out. You know, the one thing I, I like is that it is leap year this year. So we do get that extra day in February. And who knows? Maybe the Nets get a little leap year magic for some reason because February has been one of the worst months in recent memory for the Brooklyn Nets. You fire your head coach. You have a 50-point loss on your record. You have guys getting hurt. You have your stars not stepping up. We'll get into it, but I'll tell you this, CJ. March can't be worse than February was. I refuse to believe it. I mean – Logic says that it can't get any worse than it currently is. I mean, this Nets team has lost three of their last four games by 26 or more points. Um, you know, Jock Vaughn fired. Now Kevin Ollie is, you know, thrusted into interim head coach role, being forced to try to pick up the pieces and just cobble together something um, with this roster. But um hasn't been looking good. It's tough to even say that they're trending in a positive direction right now. Um, but as I said at the top of the show, these are two huge games coming up for Brooklyn um, on Thursday and Saturday against the Atlanta Hawks. Tenth team in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn's at 11. Uh, Atlanta, I believe, is four games up right now. If you split, if you split these next two, then it's still a race. But you go down – you go down six games, I mean, that's that's a really, really tough hole to climb out of. So um, I think that Brooklyn fans should find some comfort in the fact that despite everything that has gone on this season, this team is still in position to, you know, try to punch their ticket to the postseason, um, you know, through via the play-in tournament. And, you know, that's what the play-in tournament was created for, to create some parity at the bottom of the standings. And, uh parity we have so um you know Mikel Bridges you know I don't I don't travel on the road with the other beat writers in this role but uh you know Mikel Bridges was talking to reporters um in Orlando after the last game asked about these next two games against the Hawks are you guys you know you know is is, is this your NBA finals series yeah, or is this it's like a playoff series right kind of essentially right and you know Mikel kind of just said hey like you know, the next game's the most important game. Um, you know, honestly, hearing that, I would have liked to hear more fire from him. Like, you know, like, you know, maybe something along the lines of, you know, we, we know how important these games are. We got to lock in, um, something like that. But it, 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 just, it just felt kind of casual. 
you know, and this is not a casual situation if this team, you know, wants to make something of this season. So all hands on all hands got to be on deck over these next two games. They're already going to be without Cam Thomas tomorrow night. Um, so the upward, it's a it's an uphill climb. But, you know, this this next team is funny, man. As bad as they can look sometimes, they can look damn good on certain nights, too. So um, they're going to have to find a way to get two wins over these next two games. I mean, you, you bring up the, the two games against Atlanta. Mikhail Bridges has played his best basketball of the season against Atlanta. And some you very guys, entertaining games between the Nets and the Hawks this season. Mm-hmm. Clutch baskets. I mean, he he was our, our best player in those in those games and has been for the majority of this season. I don't know. He's going through a rough stretch. This is a way you get out of it. Okay, you, you played great against this team in the beginning of the season. Your season's on the line. I think that Nets fans who are who are questionable about Mikhail Bridges and and trust me that there's been a lot more of him recently amid this terrible stretch he's on. But not only are the playoffs on the line, I feel like in a certain way Mikhail Bridges' reputation is on the line. And now I, I know it's a short sample size after the All Star break, four games he's had what one decent game, um, two games against the Hawks team, and, and Trey Young is playing or not playing. He's not playing. He's not playing. So, yeah, if there was ever a moment where Mikhail Bridges can can prove and say, hey, guys, relax. I'm the guy at the beginning of the year who was playing well when we were winning games. I'm still that guy. I'm a guy you can build around. I need to see that these next few games. Yeah, and then Mikhail himself admitted, you know, after the end of the game that he could be better. But here's the reality of the situation. You know, Mikhail Bridges – is who he is. I mean, since arriving in Brooklyn, he's been playing out of his body, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? He's been playing above and beyond what anyone thought he was capable of. Um, and, you know, because of the way this roster is constructed, he's been leaned on heavily as a number one scoring option when, you know, it's no offense to Mikel at all. He's a phenomenal player at both ends of the court, but I, I, I view him as more of a complimentary guy, you know, not, maybe not necessarily a Robin, but like a, like a Batman beyond, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, and, you know, because of that, when he does have these slumps as one he's in right now, it's, it's magnified so much heavily because the team relies on him so much. But the truth is like, it shouldn't be all on Mikkel just because Mikkel has an off night, you know, what, what did Kevin Holly say after the game? You know, when guys go down and guys are off, we expect guys to step up. That that should be the case. Like, Mikel should have someone there to cover him. It shouldn't all be on Mikel night in and night out. And the truth is, Mikel has an off night, the Nets are probably not going to win. Mikel Bridges, yeah, I'm, I'm with, that makes a lot of sense. And and Mikel Bridges aside, let's let's take his struggles and, and, and put them on the back burner for a second. And shout out to Saint, good day to you too, my friend. Um, what else is going wrong with this team right now? Uh, is it lack of scoring? Is it lack of talent? Is it lack of effort? Is it a new coach? Is it all of the above? If you had to point to a few factors as to why they're losing in this fashion, we talked about Mikhail. Is there anything else that that Nets fans should be a little bit concerned about? I mean, the answer is all of above, all of the above. Um, Kevin Ollie has been in place for three games now. And, you know, although he has been with the team all year round, like, you know, that is very much true. Um, you know, this is his first swing at this head coaching thing in the NBA. Like there's not going to be change should not be expected overnight. And 
whatever adjustments he's been trying to make, you can barely tell because the Nets have been so inefficient offensively, simply just not making shots, simply just not guarding. Um, I don't think it's a, you know, to say it's a talent issue might be a little bit of a stretch. There are talented players up and down this roster. The issue is they don't necessarily complement each other, right? If that makes sense. So it's, it's, it's a bunch of pieces. It's a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't fit together, but it's a high quality puzzle. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but, but, you know, above all, you know, you know, us reporters, you know, we're not in the locker room at every single moment. We don't see every second of practice. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors that you don't see. But as a former player myself, I do know that there are a lot of things that go on behind closed doors that never even touch the light of day, right? I just, it's just, you just get a sense that there's just something wrong, like fundamentally with this team that is leading to these struggles. Cause you know, in, in most cases, you know, as someone who played on a lot of bad Auburn teams, you know, I can, you know, you can go look it up. Right. There's a reason why this team is struggling the way they are. You know, there's a reason why they've been so bad since that Milwaukee game. And, and I don't know if you want to just point the entire finger at that Milwaukee game and saying that's the moment where the season went downhill. But there's something going on in that locker room that's just that's just funky to me. Right. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it. No one's going to say it. Right. No one's going to admit it. Right. But it's just something just feels funky. Um, and it kind of just feels like this is something that's not going to be figured out this season um i've been wrong i've bet against the warriors you know when i was covering the warriors i've bet against them numerous times um only to see me prove them wrong but you know the nets aren't the warriors the nets don't have that championship pedigree to lean on or you know a plethora of hall of fame players right because that's what bail bails the warriors out nine times out of ten the nets don't have that you know, whatever's going on with them, they got to figure out amongst themselves. And it just doesn't feel like it, it's it, it's going to be solved this season. I mean, what made this Nets team to me, you know, I, I, I hopped on the beat about 20 games in, maybe 20, 25 games in, I hopped on the beat. And when I first got here, they played with so much energy and so much passion and so much fight and you know it's just gone right now it, it, it it's just gone like they're out here getting ran out the gym and it's not a talent issue it's a want to issue it's a it's a, it's a focus issue like you gotta wonder sometimes if guys their minds are you know elsewhere out there you know there's a lot of talk you know from kevin ollie like these guys i know these guys love each other and, you know, talk all talk like amongst the players, oh, you know, we're super close and things like that. It, it, it just doesn't feel like it when you see the product on the court because, you know, preventing games from snowballing, rallying back to make games competitive, that, that, that takes heart, that takes togetherness, and they're not doing that, like, nearly enough. And it just gives me the impression that, you know, there's something more going on with this Nets team than 
people around the organization are letting on. I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things, CJ. And as a reporter for you know New York Daily, you don't have to respond. You can you can nod. You can you can react however you want. But everything you just said, if you really think about it, this team was playing with passion. They were playing with fire. What has changed since then? Well, let's see. Spencer Dinwiddie was on the team. He was an integral piece at the end of last season. He kind of had that spurt with Mikhail, with Cam Johnson, where those three guys were looking like leaders on that team. Nick Claxton was playing good basketball. Obviously, he gets swept by the Sixers season over. But you come into this year with relatively the same core, those four guys. Add Cam Thomas, who starts to light it up. No one's going to hate on that. He's scoring 20, 30 points a game. I don't think too many people, my guess would be not a lot of people were mad at, at him scoring on a ridiculous clip. Then I start to think about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has played 15 out of 58 potential games this season. I don't know what percentage that is, but that's a ridiculously small percentage. He's getting 24 minutes when he's in there. He's averaging six points a game, 7.9 rebounds, 5.7 assists, almost one steal. But if a guy like Ben Simmons was supposed to be so integral to your game plan and such an important piece for your team, and he's only playing 15 out of 58 games, you're giving up Dinwiddie at the deadline to get Schroeder because Dinwiddie's not happy there in, in Brooklyn. I don't know. It, it just, to me, it seems like the Brooklyn Nets plan to have Ben Simmons on the floor with, with Mikhail and Cam and getting guys open, it just hasn't happened. When he hasn't been out there, they've lost. When he's been out there, it's been sporadic, and you cannot win in the NBA with absolutely no continuity. And that's just kind of like everything you said, I, I sort of had an, had an epiphany. And that's what it looks like has been going wrong. And you've really seen it, you know, the, the first four or five games after the All-Star break. But to me, that's just the, the most glaring issue. You have your game plan around a guy who, who plays less than 20% of the time. Yeah, fans wanted to say it was all Jock Vaughn's fault, huh? And it wasn't just Ben Simmons. I mean, I would say, like, Outside of Mikel Bridges, like the top set, each of the top seven guys, maybe not Claxton either, but like those two guys aside, like it's like the top six guys have all missed significant time at like one point or another. You know, um, it's hard to win this league without stars. It's hard to win win the league with a team lacking stars and the guys are always injured. Um, it's tough, man. It was a tough job for Jock. It's a tough job for Kevin Ollie. It's going to be a tough job for, you know, whoever's named head coach of the Nets um, after this season. It's not going to be fixed overnight, but, you know, it's, it's going to be an uphill climb, man. Um, you know, you know, maybe, you know, Sean Marks has something up his sleeve, right? Or maybe it's time to rebuild. You know, either way, it's going to take time. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. Um, you, you bring up Kevin Ollie a little bit. Saint writes Kevin Ollie is kind of in a no-win situation to me, with which I kind of agree with. Um, talk to me about just some positives that you've seen since Kevin Ollie's taken over as the interim head coach. I, obviously, the result and the product ha- have not been what the Nets were looking for, but but are there any positives that you can take away? outside of that sort of first day where, where people were just happy. Cause I, I think they were just happy. He got the opportunity. Um, I just like his confidence. Um, you know, Kevin Ollie is c- kind of like that uncle, right? He's kind of like that, 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 
a cool uncle that's like been around and seen some things and you know you know that and it just has like a lot of a lot of wisdom and when he speaks he's like you, you listen and you know just hearing some of the things he says in press conferences you know if i'm a player on that team that would fire me up um and you know the big thing about ollie you know as he walked into his opportunity was you know how much his voice resonated within the Nets' locker room. Um, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's so hard to judge anything about this organization because people are saying things, people are hearing things, but the on-court product does not match those things, right? So, you know. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I Listen, really don't I, know. I, I like Kevin a lot, you right. know, for what it's worth. Um, and you know, I would like to see him get an opportunity to coach this team with a with a truly fresh slate. You know, maybe a revamped roster. Um, but you know, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's it, tough. It, it's I, wish, I wish I had more to say, but I'm just. It's just. No, a genuinely confusing yeah. situation. It's been four games. Obviously, you know, one and three is not great with the one win coming against the Grizzlies. Give him to the end of the season. You see what he can do. I don't think it's fair to grade him right now, but right. I agree the confidence, sort of that that gritty I've been here before mentality. He is a champion. 2020, uh, 2014 with UConn, that Shabazz Napier team, which was, you know, ridiculous. So, I like that about him. I like a guy who comes in with that championship pedigree at any level. Um, What I wanted to know if you had any insight on the latest with Cam Thomas's ankle. From what I've been told, um, Cam's x-rays came back negative. Um, He had an MRI uh, the other day. And they still haven't released the results of that MRI publicly, but this will now be two straight games he missed. And, you know, he told reporters in the locker room after the game that, you know, he'll, he'd be okay. But when you had to get escorted off the court with the help of team trainers, it's usually not a good sign. Um, So he's, he'll miss his second straight game, the straight game tomorrow. Um, Hopefully we'll get an update on his status then. But again, you know, this Nets team is trying to get hot. It's hard to do that when you don't have your main guys. And you know, for a team that's offensive as offensively challenged as the Nets are right now, not having Cam out there just makes it that much more difficult. Yeah, they're really limited when he doesn't play. And if if Mikhail's in a cold streak, then Lonnie Walker and Dennis Schroeder become their two best scorers. I don't know how many games in the NBA you're going to win if, if those two guys are your best scores. It's tough. Um, all right. So I'm not sure if you have it this week, but we have a segment, Inside Info. The segment's brought to you by Slate Milk, the unofficial sponsor of the pod. Grab a lactose-free Slate Milk today. CJ, if you have none, that's in a totally acceptable answer, but do you have any inside nuggets of information you can share us with, you can share with us at the end of February here about the Brooklyn Nets? Well, uh, for what it's worth, I mean, I don't, this is kind of like a hindsight kind of thing, but, uh, you know, a lot of fans were 
clamoring for the team to bring in DeJounte Murray around the trade deadline. And, um, you know, my sources, you know, my sources around the league, I mean, I knew that wasn't happening a while back. So I wish I could have warned you guys to kind of temper expectations. But uh, I, I knew that deal wasn't going down about two or three weeks ahead of the deadline. So. I was I was on Nets Twitter on the podcast every week begging, pleading for Marks to make a deal for DeJounte Murray. <laughs> Could have saved me like two weeks of content. <laughs> you know, matter of fact, uh, you know, one of the sources told me, I mean, their communication with the Nets was actually the Hawks' communication with the Nets was actually very, very, very minimal. So <laughs> but you know, it's uh the rumor mill can get a little out of control at times uh around the trade deadline. So <laughs> And you see what Dinwiddie – you see how Dinwiddie's playing in L.A. Like, would have never made sense for the, for the Hawks to want it. And I know it would have just been a contract filler, but still. I I never bought the Hawks just wanted picks and Spencer Dinwiddie for DeJounte Murray. That, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. CJ, do you think that Nick Claxton will be a Brooklyn net at the start of the 2024-2025 season? Well – Nick has uh, stated publicly that he'd like to remain with the Nets. Um, but, you know, the way this season's going, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to at least, you know, test and see how much he can get on the open market. Um, it's, 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 it's just tough because, you know, winning is like the ultimate nullifier, but the team isn't winning. You know, he's up for a payday. This team could very well be in for a rebuild here soon. So, you know, you got some young guys already in the pipeline with, you know, Dayron Sharp and um, Alabama kid. Yeah, uh, Alabama's Noah Clowney. Now, Noah Clowney. So you got some good developmental bigs already in-house. Um, Clowney's done some good things in the G League. And if this team is going towards a rebuild, you know, lean towards younger players and Clowney is going to have to be on the court. So, you know, there's like going to be a lot of factors out at play, you know, entering the summer. But at the end of the day, um, this is going to be Nick's first big payday and he's going to get paid. And it's just going to come down to the fact of this is going to come down to if he fits into the Nets' future plans, because, you know, right now that's it's, you know, what their future plans are. is kind of murky. What stinks is the one win we had this week, you know, against the Memphis Grizzlies. After I got to hear about how Nick Claxton has a relationship with John Morant and he wears his shoes and there's a you know there's a potential that he might want to play in Memphis with Jared you know Jaron Jackson Jr. was oh yeah sure I can play along alongside another big why not like the the one win we get I got to hear about how our starting center might want to play in Memphis that, that was that was a tough pill to swallow. Hey look at the end of the day, look Claxton's young. It's his first big payday. He's gonna get that money and he's gonna go to the he's gonna be in the situation that you know, best support him. So. I hope it's in Brooklyn. I I strongly want Nick Claxton back in Brooklyn. I, I think he's, he, you know, if he can work on, I just want him in Brooklyn, work on the jump shot. He's already elite defensively. He's one of the best lob threats in the league. And I love him. He, he you know, he's good. I, I want him back in Brooklyn. Um, all right, CJ, a few listener questions. We'll, we'll do a little uh, record predictions and then, then we'll close out. Number one, this is from NetsCutie73. I made that up. What do you need to see out of the Nets for the remainder of the season for fans to have hope in Brooklyn? 
just fight just more want to and fight certainly way more than what we've seen over these last four games. You know, like I said earlier in the show, this team has showed that they're capable of playing with passion and energy and enthusiasm and joy. And you just, you just haven't seen that. And if this team, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get blown out. Right. I, I think fans would, it would be heart wrenching, but I think fan, the fan base would be a lot more happy if the nets were this bad but they were they at least tried to compete if their record is what it is but at least they tried to compete every night and you know gave hope you know mark said that you know they made the moves they did the phrasing deadline to create future flexibility you know obviously that kind of you know foreshadows you know some star hunting why would any star want to come to this current situation right everyone's talking about oh, donovan mitchell coming broken why did you see that Cavs game last night like why would like, do you, have you seen their record? Why 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 what would entice him to leave that other than just the idea of living in New York? You know, um, and and what 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 what's the most frustrating aspect of all? At least what I imagine for fans is the fact that, like I said, they they've seen it before, they've shown it. So whatever this team needs to do to get back to that level of passion and energy every night, um, they they need to figure that out. Um, they, they need to figure that out and just get back to that, man. Passion, energy, show us what you were in the beginning of the season, figure out a way to come together because I, I agree with CJ. If you lose out, if you get blown out every night, if you don't make the playing tournament, nobody's going to want to come to Brooklyn. I don't care that it's in New York. I, I 100% agree. All right, two quick questions from Lee Anthony, who who is in the chat. That's, that is a real person. Uh, Lee writes – do you feel playing for Team USA had an impact on players during the regular season? Mikhail and CJ seem burnt out. Nah, I mean, it is what it is. These guys are athletes. Matter of fact, they're the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, I, I, if I had to guess, I think they just might be more burnt out because they're – in a situation situation that they've never been in before. Um, Cam Johnson played for some great Carolina teams before he came to uh, the Phoenix Suns. Mikel Bridges, what two time national champion at Villanova, <laughs> um, you know, um, helped the Suns get to their first uh, NBA finals in my lifetime. Right. Um, and now they're in a situation where they, you know, their medals being tested. Right. And it's, it's, it's hard to, keep up that kind of enthusiasm every night, you know, with all the factors going on around them. Um, so not to mention they're both being asked to do more than they've ever been asked to do in their NBA careers. So um, the Team USA thing, I mean, that's that's kind of whatever to me. That was, that was over the summer. Um, I, I, I think the, the perception of them being burnt out might be more of a between-the-ears kind of thing. Okay, and then next question, what are realistic signings this summer for Brooklyn? Assuming everything goes well for the Nets, they make the play and they're somewhat competitive. Lee Anthony wants to know if it's possible for the Nets to pick up at least two All-Stars. Two All-Stars. Well, if they make make a few moves, maybe move off of Sims' contract, we'll certainly have the cap space to do so. Um 
but again, you, you bring in those two all-stars, cool. You know, how are you going to build a competitive roster around those guys, right? Um, that's going to be the big thing because there's a lot of guys on expiring contracts this year. It's going to be a lot of movement <laughs> this offseason for the Brooklyn Nets. So, uh, so I mean, can they do it? Sure, money talks, right? <laughs> New York City, money talks. They can, they can certainly do it, but I'd be more concerned with – bringing in those all-stars and having complimentary pieces around them to have a competitive team. That's fair. I think that's fair. All right. We're going to play predict that record, and then we're going to close out. Next six games, CJ, we have Atlanta at home, Atlanta at home, Memphis at home, 76ers, probably without Embiid at home, Pistons in Detroit, Hornets in Charlotte. How do the Nets fare in those six games? Three and three. I think they get, they should get Charlotte. They should get Detroit. They should get Memphis. Um, you know, maybe four, maybe, maybe four and two. Cause I think they'll, they'll split against, I, I, I would hope that they would split against Atlanta this weekend, having them both at home without Trey Young. So four and two. And I, I think Philly will be tough, you know, if Embiid or not, you know, it's a rematch game. <laughs> so that'll be a tough one. Uh, and yeah, I think Atlanta will win one of these two game next game, two games. So what was that? Is, is that line up right? Four and two? Yeah, four and two. Four and two, that lines up right. Um, four and two, three and three. I'll go either way. I'll, I'll go four and two, and here's what I'll say. It, it all depends on when Cam Thomas gets back. If you can split against Atlanta without Cam Thomas – which means Lonnie Walker and Cam Johnson got to play big. Mikhail Bridges has to play like he was playing before he stunk. Dennis Schroeder's got to show up. Like you need everyone to show up and you need Bridges to play well without Cam Thomas. You win one of those games against Atlanta. You go to Memphis, you get Cam back. You beat a, a not great Grizzlies team at home. You're two and one. Philly, if Embiid doesn't play, yeah, I'll give you Philly too. You're three and one. I feel like you're going to either lose to Detroit or Charlotte. I think that's the game. I hope it's not Detroit, but they, they play us tough. So I can see them beating us and then we beat Charlotte. So I'm, I'm going four and two, too. There you have it. All right, CJ, do you miss covering the Warriors or like teams that just weren't a complete dumpster fire? That was my last question. I mean, yeah, I, I miss covering the Warriors, just, you know, relationships I have with the players and, relationship I have the different, you know, media people in my organization. But I mean, I've only been covering the Nets for a couple months now. So I'm sure in time all those things will come here too. Yeah. No, it's gonna get a lot better. I I I don't want to guarantee it, but I think it's gonna get a lot better. All right. CJ, thank you so much for coming on. Where can our listeners um follow you and, and find your work? Uh you guys can find me on Twitter at CJ Holmes22. Awesome. All right. Well until our next um monthly appearance Thanks for coming on the show. For everyone who listened to Fireside Nets this week, thanks a ton. And as always, we will catch you on the Fireside.